Wellness Force Radio, episode 50. So with Zestology, I find out, you know, what is it that helps people to live with vitality and motivation and kind of seek and tease out those answers with good questions. And there's some amazing ways that you can do that with NLP. It's a set of kind of skills and insights that you can use to improve your communication, but also manage your moods and live a more rewarding life. And I think, you know, not only your own moods, but other people's moods and other people's feelings as well. Welcome back to another episode. This is Josh Trent, your host, and I'm grateful you're eating a slice of your busy day here with me on the podcast. This show is where I find the most inspiring and passionate experts in behavior change and wellness technology to deliver the very best information to you. Every week, together, we'll learn from a world-class leader who dedicates their life to driving real transformation in our physical and emotional wellness. We'll dive into the knowledge and tools to better understand our habits and behaviors so we can show up more vital, healthy, and fit in our lives. Not just physically, but emotionally and spiritually as well. Wellness Force is the source that fuels us to be our very best. So today, we're tapping into and getting clear on your Wellness Force. For episode 50, we're talking to neuro-linguistic programmer, television star, bulletproof ambassador, and podcast host, Tony Wrighton. This episode is perfect for you if you're curious and interested in language and how it affects the brain and how that translates into living a life of health and wellness. Now, Tony's got an amazing story, so I'm going to jump right into the episode. But before we do, I want to welcome someone I am pumped to introduce you to. I'm excited to bring you this episode by our new sponsor, Perfect Supplements. I'm always searching for products I can trust, and I'm honored to support a company who walks the talk with their values of non-GMO, organic, and pesticide-free real food supplements that support us on the wellness journey. Head on over to perfectsupplements.com slash wellnessforce or enter code wellnessforce at checkout to get 10% off your next order. My next guest, Tony Wrighton, is a UK-based wellness expert, personal development author, and Sky Sports contributor and host. He's the host of the Zestology podcast and has authored 19 audiobooks, including three bestsellers to improve motivation, vitality, and life. Let's bring on Tony Wrighton. Tony, welcome to the show. Hi, Josh. Thank you for having me on. This is going to be fun. I know you've been on television pretty much every day in the UK, right? Uh, so every day in America, we don't necessarily see you like they see you in the UK. But it's it's lucky for you that you don't have to see my face on the television every day. I'm glad that that's not inflicted on you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tony, your message is powerful and it's about energy, motivation and vitality. But beyond just what's online and in the media about you, What's something fun or, or interesting that most people might not know about you? Well, um, Josh, I am a huge geek, as we will probably discuss as we get into our conversation today. But one of the things that I really love is um, there's a sport, because I present on a sports channel here in the UK, and there's a sport sport that I've presented on TV in the UK that is quite niche. And I've realized that I like it more than any other sport. So I've got really into it. I've started getting lessons into it as well. And it is table tennis. Now you guys might, you guys might call it ping pong, but it is just so enjoyable. So what you might not know about me is I play quite a bit of ping pong and, um, I would like to think I'm getting quite good at it, but I don't think I am. (laughs) I remember being a kid playing ping pong or table tennis. I was always surprised by the guys that would throw their whole body into it. I mean, these people break a sweat. Yeah, it's it's a brilliant, brilliant sport. It's 
fantastic to watch and um there's so much skill to it as well and the event that i actually hosted in the uk was the world championship of ping pong ping pong is a bit different from table tennis because you don't you have hard bats you don't have rubber on the bat so it doesn't spin so the rallies are awesome i mean the whole thing is just i could talk if you want to talk about ping pong for an hour and a half i'm quite happy to josh <laughs> we'll have you back for another yeah. episode on yeah ping pong. yeah exactly yeah <laughs> well Tony, before we talk about the power of motivation, I tend to think that motivation and willpower are fleeting. And this is why I'm pumped to have you on to discuss things beyond that, like neuro-linguistic programming. Mm. But before we do, it's important to unpack and understand your story behind kind of the why and the what of where this interest sparked for you. You mentioned on your site that you were struck down by a virus while on holiday in the jungle in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. You ended up taking three months off work. You're basically in bed. The doctors said it might be glandular fever, but they didn't know. It was this scary time for you, and you really focused on your health and energy. But take us back to the jungle, man. What, what happened in the jungle? Oh, I was in this amazing place in the middle of the jungle in the Philippines. It was a retreat called The Farm. And when you wake up in the morning at The Farm, you've got nothing more to worry about than the sounds of the birds chirruping outside your bungalow and whether to do a light yoga session or dip your feet in the pool or just, you know, relax in the sun. And it was an amazing place. And after a few days, it turned out to be less than amazing for me because I picked up this kind of tropical virus. And it started off with some some really quite scary symptoms, including um, getting numb patches on my face. And, you know, anyone who's any doctor will know that if you get a numb patch on your face, the first thing you check is if someone's having a stroke. And thankfully, thank goodness I wasn't. But um, what with these numb patches and a rash and every bone in my body felt like it was aching, my spleen felt like it was going to explode and I had no energy. And I ended up spending three months, as you say, in bed. It was a dark time, Josh. There was no table tennis going on when I was <laughs> in bed for three months, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, in, in the midst of this dark time, I wasn't able to do my work at Sky Sports. You know, that's my kind of day job, if you like, here in the UK. And I really didn't know if I'd ever get well again. And Dr. Google didn't exactly help. But, you know, it seemed to me like I was suffering from some kind of chronic fatigue related symptom. And I went to the doctors and they, you know, they did loads of tests and they couldn't really find out what it was. And they said, well, the good news is we do know that you've had some kind of virus. Uh, so I said, all right, well, you know, what virus? And at that point, they kind of shrugged their shoulders because it turns out, amazing, you know, there's a lot of unexplained medical mysteries in the world today that modern medicine just hasn't worked out what it is. And lots of tropical viruses are some of them. You know, sometimes people get struck down by illnesses that, that can't be defined by medicine. So there I was in bed for three months, feeling pretty sorry for myself. And then you're in bed and what's going on in your mind? I mean, what was the route to you healing yourself? Was it kind of a freak out panic moment? Like, oh my God, should I read my last rites? It was, um, do you know what? I mean, that was, that's the problem. Because I, because I spent so much time thinking and overthinking and worrying about it. And I'm a real type A personality. And it's funny because actually, you know, a lot of high achievers, a lot of type A personalities come to my podcast to, to listen because they want to improve themselves, you know. And you probably are as well. You know, high achiever, you've got this amazing podcast. You're kind of so into tracking and everything else. And yet sometimes high achieving doesn't help us because just to be able to chill out mm. and accept and let go and relax 
tax does us more benefit than any pills or supplements or Googling that we could possibly do or even going to see a doctor. Oh, wow. Tell me about it. Yeah, that's that's actually the hardest thing to do is just to be, which is why meditation has been so powerful. Mm. I mean, that that's you absolutely hit the nail on the head there. And really, for me, it's like it's the ongoing challenge more than anything else. Being able to let go and accept what my circumstances are at that particular moment. It's such a beautiful thing when I get it right and when people get it right. It just doesn't happen that often. But. We've had so many guests on the show, Tony. We interviewed the CEO of Muse, Ariel Garten, and she kind of shared with us why she launched the company. And it was to quiet the voices, I think mm. she had said, to quiet the voices of fear, to quiet the voices of telling us that we should doubt our self-worth. You dive into this a lot in your show. 350,000 people have downloaded your app and audiobooks over yeah. at Self-Development Audiobooks by Tony Wrighton. The approach you take, really, I feel like, is the ultimate line of taking personal responsibility for one's personal development. Three years back, it's funny, I'm looking at the book right now. I purchased a book called The Structure of Magic. It's by Richard Bandler. Oh yeah, The Structure of Magic. I've got that. I just, I've got that here. Which I believe is out of print right now. You can't even yeah, get it anymore. Yeah. This is really what I'm excited to talk to you about is, is using neuro-linguistic programming as a powerful tool in taking ownership of one's life mm. in all facets. Can you describe a little bit, Tony, what is NLP for people that have never heard of it and what was your road to becoming a master practitioner i will yeah and then i'll, I'll tell you what how i've used nlp in in my podcast zestology because it's all kind of related but i gotta N- ask why zestology besides the way it sounds amazing it sounds yeah cool. yeah zesty you, you know when someone has a zest for life one thing you think of someone as having loads of energy loads of enthusiasm loads of motivation for life you know there are lots of zest so that's why i picked zestology i just wanted to kind of make a new word up really Lovely. But, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with, with the NLP, um, I was a radio presenter here for 10 years before I moved into TV. And I just had a suspicion that I might be able to kind of learn some new things about how to present my show and um, maybe become a better presenter. So I started, started learning the NLP skills, the neuro-linguistic programming skills and the linguistic elements of it. Um, I started to use on my show because I thought, well, you know, I might be able to get a few more people listening and I might be able to get them feel better about listening to my radio show and maybe even attract some new listeners as well. But I thought I've got to be subtle about these linguistic skills. Um, so after a couple of months of this, the boss called me into his office one day and it was a day when I'd really layered on the, the, uh, the language skills on my show and I thought I've definitely been rumbled now and he sat back in his chair and he put his feet on the desk and he put his arms behind his head and he said Tony I don't know what you've done but your listening figures have gone through the roof and I'd been using these NLP language skills for a couple of months he said what have you done and I was like well I just used a few things <laughs> a few little <laughs> tricks here and there you know so that was kind of my introduction into NLP now in terms of you know what you were t- talking about in terms of wanting to kind of improve our performance and get more out of life and, you know, track our fitness and our health and everything else. There's so much that I've learned from NLP that I've been able to pass on through my books. And now in my podcast, you know, one of the things we talk about in NLP is studying and modeling how people do things well. And that's what I thought of that I wanted to do with my podcast and energy. So with Zestology, I find out, you know, what is it that helps people to live with vitality and motivation and kind of seek and tease out those answers with good questions. And there's some amazing ways that you can do that with NLP. I think with NLP, it's a misunderstood 
word or term with neuro-linguistic programming, you're not actually hypnotizing people in public. I've seen Richard Bandler's videos on YouTube, and there's a few guys here in, in Southern California that are NLP practitioners, but I don't see them going around and uh, hypnotizing people to take out the garbage. I mean, what <laughs> what is the vehicle of neuro-linguistics and the way that you yeah. can use that? How is that actually transitioned into you as a coach or with the clients you work with? Mm. Unpack that a little bit. You, you're right, though, about NLP. I mean, it, it does. It's actually used very widely, and I think it, it suffers from a pretty poor name, <laughs> um, NLP. I mean, it's just you know, it was invented in the '70s by Richard Bandler and John Grinder, and you know this because you've been reading the Structure of Magic. Um, and the reason they picked NLP, neuro-linguistic programming, I think I don't actually know this for certain, but I think you know it was when computers were kind of first coming into play, and and everything was all about this new thing called computers mm -hmm. so that the word they invented had a kind of computery approach to it. I guess that's it. Got it. So with neurolinguistics, it's kind of drilled down. It's the study of how people do things well. And you talk about this with different people that are high achievers in your life on your show. We've had a ton of people that may have been NLP practitioners, and I didn't even know it, Tony, but it's really just mm. a set of skills that improves communication with other people, but also in self-dialogue. Yeah. Can you talk about the two examples that are listed on your site? One of them is anchoring, which is phenomenal, by the way. And then the second one being hypnosis, just so people can dive in a little bit more. Um, yeah, you're, you're right. It's a set of kind of skills and insights that you can used to improve your communication but also manage your moods and live a more rewarding life and i think you know not only your own moods but other people's moods and other people's feelings as well so the first uh, skill you mentioned two skills that what was it anchoring and there was anchoring and hypnosis yeah. hypnosis, hypnosis is, yeah, is the yeah. woo-woo one <laughs> the hypnosis is the woo-woo one yeah, yeah yeah but um okay we'll start with anchoring anchoring is the idea that when you um, have some kind of external stimulus, whether it's something you see, you hear, or you feel, it reminds you of something else. And the um, the famous story that's always used about anchoring, and I'm, I'm sure you've heard it before, but I'll, I'll just tell it for anyone who hasn't heard it, anyone, which is Pavlov's dogs. And the famous, you know, scientist Pavlov had some dogs. And every time he fed his dogs, he would ring a bell and they would salivate. And after a while, he could ring a bell and they would salivate even if they weren't getting fed. That's the, that is the perfect example of anchoring. Mm -hmm. And of course, with anchoring, you can, um, we have anchors around us all the time. You might hear a song and it might remind you of your first love. Or you might see a, a picture and it will remind you of being on the beach on your last holiday and just how relaxed you felt. That's classic anchoring. An external stimulus allows you to feel a certain way and you can use anchoring for your own benefit and for other people's benefit as well um for instance if you want to feel more relaxed think about a time when you felt really relaxed now and um i mean i'll just take you through the process very quickly shall i josh um because if you think about that time when you felt really relaxed and see exactly what you saw at the time and make the colors really big and bright and bold. And remember what you could hear at the time and turn up the, the volume and make it kind of really loud and crisp. And remember just how good it felt to be relaxed. And as you remember this, take your thumb and forefinger and just squeeze it together as you see exactly what you saw, hear what you heard and how you sounded at the time and remember those feelings of relaxation that you felt. Now, this may be a little bit of a leap of faith but the next time you want to feel relaxed take your thumb and forefinger again 
and squeeze it. And inexplicably, strangely, you'll feel that same sense of relaxation. That is anchoring at a very basic level. It's used a lot in therapy for people who've undergone quite kind of severe trauma, um, but also it's used to just make people feel good. And that's one example. That's a beautiful example. And it makes me think about tapping emotional freedom technique or emotionally focused therapy. I know those are two different things. Did you know that I'm, I'm into tapping and EFT? I wasn't sure if that's something you've really dove into. I know you've been exploring it a little bit. Yeah. How would you describe the work of tapping? Well, I mean, I just think it's it's amazing tapping and tapping probably more than anything helped me when I was ill in the jungle. And then when I came home and I spent three months in bed, tapping helped me get back here to, to being 100% and feeling happy and healthy and comfortable. We'll get right back to the conversation with Tony, but since we're touching on health, I want to share with you a new favorite supplement I've been working into my diet, Perfect Hydrolyzed Collagen. This powdered collagen from Perfect Supplements is sourced from 100% grass-fed cattle with no hormones, synthetics, or pesticides. The awesome thing is I was scooping this into my water this week, and you know what it tasted like? water. <laughs> Suddenly my glass has 10 grams of protein and all these awesome health benefits from this non-GMO pasture-raised collagen. And it was pretty tasty. So visit perfectsupplements.com slash wellnessforce or enter the coupon code wellnessforce at checkout to save 10% off all the nutrient-dense superfood products that Perfect Supplements carries. Visit the podcast page today, check out the link, and enter your code wellnessforce to save 10% off of all the products that Perfect Supplements sells. Now let's get back to the powerful conversation with Tony Wrighton. Because really tapping is just based on the principles of acupuncture, which is, you know, one of the oldest healing arts known to man. And the great thing about acupuncture is there are some pressure points that acupuncture use, which is so close to the surface of the skin that they actually don't need a needle stuck in them to get to that deep pressure point. You can just tap on it with your fingers. And anyone who wants to know this stuff can Google EFT right now and start doing it. That's the brilliant thing. When I started doing it, it turned out, you know, I, I felt so strongly emotional about all this stuff that was keeping me from doing the job that I loved and hanging out with the people that I loved and living the life that I loved, that um, it was all kind of pent up, all this emotion and tapping, let it all out. And it was such a... <laughs> Is there specific points on the body? Because I'll just share right now. I was at Brennan Burchard's High Performance Academy last week, and we were doing some exercises that I believe we were touching the meridians. We were tapping on certain parts of our body for kind of an emotional and physiological recharge. Yeah. Can you describe in a sentence or two what you think about EFT or is it EFT tapping or is it emotional freedom technique? Well, it's it's called emotional freedom technique, but it's known as tapping. You can call it whatever you mm. like. Um, and yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't know what points he was tapping on and whether it was EFT or not, but if he said it was EFT, it probably was. And it sounds awesome. Did it, did it feel, did he feel good after? 1500 people in a room tapping and doing breathing yeah. exercises with oscillations of our limbs. It was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds amazing, good. Man. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's great. Ben Bouchard. I saw him at the uh, bulletproof conference last October in California and I thought he was great. Yeah. Phenomenal. Re really good energy. And I mean, you know, I, I've been doing it for a couple of years. I've been going to see this same guy for a couple of years and it's been life changing for me. And then I thought, well, you know, actually maybe I should just learn a little bit more about it. I don't really want to be a professional tapper, but I, I, I went and did a tapping course myself, an EFT course in this country. And the profound changes that were happening, even with people who'd only learned how to tap one day ago, 
people were doing this stuff on me and they were having an incredible effect and they'd learned these skills one day. You can Google it now and you can start tapping on yourself while you're listening to this podcast. There are really only eight or nine main points that you tap on, eight points that you tap on. So um, it's, it's really cool stuff. Now, the second piece, though, for NLP technique you listed is hypnosis. How have you used and how would you describe the, the vehicle of hypnosis through NLP? Well, I mean, you know, the linguistic uh, part of NLP refers to how you can change and improve someone's reality simply with the language that you use. And I don't really think it matters whether people use trance or hypnosis or meditation or prayer or just chilling out or even taking a nap in the middle of the day. But I think some kind of retreat from everyday life when you just switch off every once in a while and go deep into your kind of unconscious mind can make a huge difference. And with NLP, when you do that, as uh, someone who's a hypnotherapist, if you slide a couple of positive suggestions in there at the same time, that can be even more powerful. Um, yeah, hypnosis has a lot of connotations that come with it. I mean, the most famous hypnosis hypnotist in this country is Paul McKenna, who actually I know is well known in America as well. And for years, you know, he used to stand on a stage and make people cluck like a chicken. And it was very funny. Um, but hypnosis has a serious clinical application to it. It's used by our National Health Service uh, over here. And, you know, when someone's undergone serious, deep-seated trauma, hypnosis can really help. And it can really help with things like phobias and um, addictions as well. Well, I'll make sure to link the article that you have on your website there. Now, I want to transition into the last piece of the show. And this is my favorite one, Tony. This is seven for seven. It's just seven fast questions for seven top of mind answers. Are okay. you prepared? I'm, I'm looking forward to it very much, Josh. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to be any good at it, but I'll give it a go. <laughs> That's why it's fun. If there was just first question, one thing that you could change about how people look at wellness, what would that be and why? Something you might like to change in the wellness industry. I mean, I guess I would just want more people to get into it. And that's my mission is to demystify, be skeptical, but demystify what's going on with personal development and self-help and encourage people to try it even if they're not really the kind of person who gets involved in personal development. And I think for so many people, just delving into this stuff a little bit, listening to Wellness Force podcast every once in a while could make such a huge difference. Thanks for the shout out there. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> what has been one of the greatest mentors or who has, I'm sorry, maybe a person or a thing or a book, what has been one of those that's really helped to move the needle for you in your life as a mentor? Great book that I read was um, by Josh Waitskin. It's called The Art of Learning. You know, I told you I was a geek earlier on, Josh. As, uh, it's, not, it's, not, it's not just table tennis that I like, Absolutely. it's chess as well. And this book describes how at the age of <laughs> six, he became a chess champion. And at the age of 20, he gave it all up and he started to learn uh, martial arts. And then he became a martial arts champion as well. Absolutely amazing book because he delves into what it is that helps us to learn, whether it's chess or martial arts, it's the same thing. And what he says is it, it's all about depth. You have to go deep into your topic. It's no, there's no point skimming the surface of a million different things through the day. And unfortunately, modern technology does encourage us to skim the surface. But when you go really deep into a topic, that's when you learn. 
I'm thinking about the way that I've done research and I have to turn off and close all the things around me. I have to turn off my phone. I have to close Facebook because you're right. I mean, we're pulled in many different directions. We'll link that as well. That sounds like a phenomenal resource. Oh, it's, it's really good. I, I'd love to know what you think of it as well. As far as Zestology, you have a morning routine. I'm curious how you would define a morning routine for personal wellness. For me, it ties into actually what we just said before about depth. And that is if I, the first thing in the morning, if I check my phone first thing in the morning, my head's all over the place. So I leave my phone in airport mode until after breakfast. And that one simple thing helps make such a difference in terms of simplifying and just switching off and having clarity of thought at the time of the day when I guess my brain is most alert and has the most energy. So yeah, just just simplifying and stepping back a little bit at the start of the day. I love that answer for so many reasons. Number one being every single time we make a decision, that's just one out of maybe a hundred that we're going to make well. So taking away the decision fatigue by just switching it into airplane mode. Good stuff, Tony. Well, that, that is, I've thought a lot about that recently, about the d- decision fatigue. I don't know much about it, but um, it makes perfect sense. W- what is it? So every time we make a decision, it, it tires us out. Yeah. So is that right? this is something, yeah. since I'm fresh from the, the experience last week, we get yeah. around 100 to 150 really solid kind of high tension, high vibration thoughts around a decision. Should I mm. pick out the food for tonight? Should I study this one template for later? Uh, you and I right now talking on the podcast, we're making mm. decisions on where to go next in our conversation. All these things require fuel. And towards the end of the day, you know, our willpower, our motivation, it just becomes fatigued. It's kind of why I think people at the end of the day say, what do you want for dinner, honey? And she'll say, I don't know. What do you want? And then no one wants to make a decision. It's because they're tired. So you reminded me so much when you said, hey, start our day with ourselves where we just switch it into airplane mode. And what, because I think, you know, obviously Steve Jobs and I think even Obama famously wear pretty much the same outfit every day. So they don't have to worry about what to wear. And that was definitely the case with Steve Jobs because he wore the same thing every day, didn't he? Absolutely. And I mean, yeah. what, what, cause I don't want to wear the same outfit every day. <laughs> um, so, um, I mean, if there's any other ways that you could share with me from, from Brendan Burchard's sure. event, you know, I'd love to know. Yes, absolutely, man. Well, I'm actually going to be on your show and, and I'll definitely share some of those there. Next oh, question. Great tease. Great tease. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> if you had a mental reboot exercise, um, something that would take you from a state of being mentally sleepy to mentally vibrant, what might that look like in a few minutes for you during the day? It would be, well, it's interesting actually, because for years it was self-hypnosis. And we've talked already about hypnosis and self-hypnosis is so powerful. And you can take yourself into self-hypnosis in a few seconds by concentrating on three things that you can see now and then three things that you can hear and then three things that you can feel. And even just taking your attention to that different place starts to take you into a different area. And now over the last year or two, I've started to explore uh, meditation as opposed to hypnosis. And that can energize me more than three cups of coffee. What is the major difference that you feel exists between the United States and the UK when it comes to wellness? What are some of the things that come up for you when you view the US and the UK side by side in their efforts towards wellness? Before you said the words, when it comes to wellness, I was thinking of the um, the current presidential primaries that are going on i was thinking that's a difference between us and the uk (laughs) but um but in terms of wellness i think americans are just a little bit more open to change 
and to unusual ideas. I don't know what it is. I don't know whether it's in because you're a newer country than us, but um, Brits tend to be a little bit more skeptical. And, you know, I mean, just just as an example, there are probably hundreds of thousands of podcasts in the wellness field in America. But in Britain, not so many. Yeah, there are quite a few, but nowhere like as many. So I think, yeah, perhaps us Brits are a little bit more sceptical. But sometimes I must say that scepticism is a good thing mm. because, you know, it's, it's good to question what you're being told every once in a while. Healthy scepticism, man. Mm. Health, healthy scepticism, yeah. And that's that's really, I think that's the way to, you know, in, in the work, from one podcaster to another, don't you think that that really is the way to get an audience trusting in you? Because if you just accept every idea that every guest ever tells you, then there's no real kind of filter on what works and what doesn't and what actually makes sense. You brought up a great point. I mean, I'll, I'll just be honest. I do the podcast for myself and my own knowledge first, and then I take that to be a service for the people that listen. But if I don't believe in something, I'm going to ask them why they're saying it. Yeah. Um, so I, I believe in that authenticity for sure. Mm. Um, next to last question, Tony, when you feel stress or you encounter a roadblock, what is a mantra or a message you might say to yourself to get you through that difficulty? Um, I... I have a, a bracelet that I wear on my wrist and I actually got it at the Bulletproof conference. And, and you know, Dave Asprey, Bulletproof, explained on the, in, on the conference stage that, you know, when you have a one word mantra, sometimes you uh, should be reminded of it more often. And so there's a company here selling wristbands for 15 quid where you can go and give them your word you want to put on the wristband and they'll put it on this little thing. So I'm wearing it now and it says acceptance. And when something stresses me out or makes me worried or makes me feel not the way that I want to feel, remembering to accept the moment that I'm in and that state that I'm in, it's almost the solution to all my problems. Especially for a type A person, acceptance, that's a powerful one, man. <laughs> yeah, I think so. The last question here, I'm, I'm curious how you're going to answer this because everyone's got their own unique definition and mm. with your past and the people that you serve through your podcast and all that you're doing, I'm excited to hear your answer. And the question is, what is wellness to you? What is your personal definition of wellness? Oh, um, I guess, you know, feeling good. And in terms of my podcast, living with energy, vitality and motivation. And I think also energy is just it's the bedrock of all motivation, performance, productivity. If you wake up in the morning and you don't feel energy, you just don't get anything done. And the stuff you do get done is not of good quality. And that's why when I didn't have any energy for three months, it did my head in. <laughs> and now I do again, and I'm very grateful for it. And I'm also very finely attuned to those days where I feel slightly more or slightly less energy. So yeah, probably energy, vitality, and motivation. Love that. And we will direct people to your podcast, which I'm going to be yeah. on, and we will make sure yeah. to link that up in our audience notes. And I'll send that to everyone that's on the Wellness Force radio list. If you guys want to learn more about Tony and his work with Zestology, it's TonyWrighton.com. What are you most excited about for 2016, Tony? Josh, I'm most excited about interviewing you in about three minutes time, which is going to be on my podcast. And I'm going to ask you a lot more about everything we've been talking about at the uh, Burchard conference. I want to know how to kind of declutter and get rid of this decision fatigue. Awesome, man. Well, I'll share openly and honestly. <laughs> you guys check out Tony Wrighton's work. We'll link his podcast. Tony, thank you so much for what you're doing. Your story, how you came from 
basically being bedridden to now helping people all across the world through your podcast, man. I want to honor you for just one second. Thank you for the work you're doing. Josh, thank you. I really appreciate it. And I'm, I'm looking forward to having you on Zestology as well, because everything you're doing with your podcast is totally cool. And I, I have a long list of questions to ask you about tracking as well. So any, anyone listening to this who wants to kind of hear a bit more of Josh talking about tracking, that's, that's going to be um, over on my podcast now. Yeah. Tony Wright, and thanks for coming on Wellness Force Radio. Thanks, Josh. That is a wrap for episode 550. So pumped that we are halfway to 100, the century mark on the show. I want to take this moment to thank you from the bottom of my toes all the way to my teeth and my brain for listening to the episodes here on Wellness Force. Next week, the most powerful behavior change interview we have to date with Gretchen Rubin. You are not going to want to miss this episode. We went deep for over 60 minutes on understanding your tendency type, how to change your behaviors from a mindset perspective, and learn all about becoming your best self from a New York Times bestselling author of Better Than Before. Tune in next week for the episode with Gretchen. You are not going to want to miss it. Now you get to go and have an amazing day with all the tools and inspiration you learned from Tony and every other guest that's been on the show. And until I see you again real soon, I'm wishing you love and wellness.